Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Uh, thank you for joining me for another special episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth. Uh, this is another COVID episode uh, where we bring you information that hopefully is useful to you in your business as we go through these crazy times. Today, I'm joined by Jerry Detweiler uh, from NAV to talk about the funding programs uh, for small businesses that are being offered by the government. Jerry is a leading nationally recognized financing and credit expert with more than 20 years of experience. During the 2008-2009 financial crisis, Jerry was interviewed hundreds of times providing insightful expertise and actionable advice for traversing the turbulent landscape and unknown change. Today, she serves as education director for NAV, the trusted financing partner of over 1.2 million businesses where she gives NAV's customers certainty in an uncertain world through expertise and actionable advice. And boy, are we in an uncertain world. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining me today, Jerry. Oh, thank you, Diane. Pleasure to be here. I am thrilled to have you here. Um, uh, so at, at the airing of this, we are in the middle of, uh, we had like one round, I will say, of uh, that PPP and the government is currently trying to vote on, a, on another round of funding. Um, let, let's start with, I guess, maybe like um, a baseline of, can you talk a little bit about the CARES Act that already passed and what that means for small business owners? And, and then we can move into, okay, and then where do we go from here? 
Sure, sure. And I'm glad you pointed out, you know, where we are right now. We're, we're talking on April 20th and things can and will change. We're waiting for Congress to pass another round of funding, um, hopefully reaching many of the smaller businesses that may have missed out in the first round of funding. And that it covers two programs, both the Economic Injury Disaster Loan and the Paycheck Protection Program loans. So I'll back up just about a month in time. Let's see, maybe a more like a month and a half ago, the very first thing that Congress, or their very first thing that the government did was they opened up the Economic Injury Disaster Loan, or I'm going to call it EIDL, for uh, small business owners affected by COVID. So normally this program, Disaster Loans, has been around for, for a long time. And normally what happens is you have a disaster, usually a physical disaster, a tornado or a hurricane. The, they declare a, a national disaster. And then the business owners in that area of the disaster are allowed to apply for one of these loans. And they're basically low interest rate, long-term uh, working capital loans designed to help the business get through the current crisis, relaunch their business afterward, and then pay that loan back, you know, once their business is back on its feet. And they're very attractive loans. So the idle, they announced it in early March and then very quickly made it available in all 50 states. And that loan is a loan under the SBA program for up to $2 million. And it is 3.75% interest rate, uh, can have a repayment term as long as 30 years, and it's 2.75% for nonprofits. Now, subsequent to that, a couple weeks later, Congress passed the CARES Act, and the president signed it on March 27th. And that law contained a number of programs that could help small businesses, including the PPP, which we can talk about, but also a grant that is part of the disaster loan. So when you apply for EIDL, when you apply for an economic injury disaster loan, you check a box now that says, I'd like to be considered for an advance. And the way the legislation was written, it was up to $10,000 to be paid in three days. Well, the three days did not happen. Uh, it took a couple of weeks, but we have started to see business owners who are getting deposits from the SBA for the advance on their disaster loan. And subsequently, because there was so much demand for this, the uh, SBA determined that they were going to pay out the advance based on the number of employees. So if you're a solopreneur, you're the only employee in your business, you'd get $1,000. If you have five employees, you'd get $5,000. So that was a little bit of a shock for some business owners where, who had read articles that made it sound like this is $10,000 in free money, you know, grab it right away. It turned out to be more limited than that, but we are starting to see those grants being made. Now, as of um, last Friday, or was it Thursday? My days are a blur here. The, the, the SBA shut it down to new applications because they said basically, you know, we, we don't have enough funding to continue to take new applications. So they're still working through the idle applications that are pending on a first come first serve basis is what they said. So people who applied in the first round are still, you know, waiting to get an advance 
and or a loan, but we are starting to see those come through. So that's the first program. Does that, that overview make sense? Yes. Yeah. And thank you for that. It makes so much more sense. Than, yeah. And I do, I do yeah. want to add, I do want to add just a couple of notes with idle. Um, one is this is a working capital loan. You don't actually ask for how much you need. And that's very confusing to the small business owner. What you do is you fill out a simple application with the SBA online. And I do hear from people who think they applied for PPP or idle and they're confused. And what I tell them is if you went to SBA.gov, you applied for idle. If you went to a lender, like a bank or an online lender, you applied for PPP. So that's the easiest way to distinguish those. You only get idle through the SBA and on the SBA's website. And the other thing to keep in mind is idle with idle is there is a credit check. So they will check your personal credit. And if you are anything other than a sole proprietor, they'll check your business credit through DNB as well. And acceptable credit is a requirement. So we did write about that extensively. In the first FAQs article we did about disaster loans, we've seen a few people turn down for the idle loan based on credit, though you certainly can provide an explanation and ask for reconsideration. But even if you are turned down and you qualify for the advance or the grant, you get to keep that regardless of whether you're approved or declined for idle. So that is a, hmm. that is a source of funding that is not going to be dependent on your credit. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and I think a lot of people are confused because uh-huh. they're, they're seeing it's a grant to help me through my business. But traditionally, you know, when you apply for idle, you're applying for a loan. The advance is just part of it to get money in the hands of business owners faster, right? That's something that came later with the CARES Act. But the overall purpose is it's a loan and you're borrowing it from the government. So the government, if, if we default on loans that are owed to the government, whether it's your federal you know, student loan or whether it's your uh, tax debt or whether it's your economic injury disaster loan, you, the ultimately taxpayers on the hook, right? So yeah. the government is trying to minimize the likelihood um, that significant numbers of these loans will go into default and that will come out of taxpayer funds. So that's why a credit check is involved. And again, there are, um, there are ways to ask for reconsideration and provide an explanation if credit is an issue for you. Got it. Okay, boy, that is so helpful. So, okay, so, so, Oh, God, I have so many questions for you. Uh, <laughs> well, maybe we should talk about PPP and compare okay, that last. for a second. Great, that's you great. You want to jump to that? And yes. Then, and then we could always talk about the two. Yes, I, I, okay. Diane, I, you know, if, if I get five or six valid comments on a blog story, you know, it's unusual. Most of them are scams about, you know, credit repair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I answered yesterday 138 questions oh. from business owners on one of these blog posts, just one of them. So yes, the questions are coming in, they're valid and there's lots of them. So if yeah. you feel confused, do not feel bad. I feel confused <laughs> on a daily basis. I read the regulations, I read the guidance from the SBA, oh. and then I still have questions. So don't wow. feel bad. Okay, uh, good. Let's talk about PPP for a okay. second. So good. PPP was something that was uh, created by the CARES Act. It's the Paycheck Protection Program Loan. And I want to emphasize that name. It's Paycheck Protection. It is not the save my business loan. It is the Paycheck Protection Program loan. And so 
you have to remember what it's designed to do. It's designed to keep employees on the payroll so that the business can make it through the next eight weeks after they get the loan and then hopefully things will have shaken out a little bit. They, they settled on eight weeks. Who knows? It may have to be longer, but they settle on eight weeks and then you can rehire those employees, hopefully get start getting them back to work and you won't have lost all these employees um, who you might have otherwise kept on your payroll. And, and it can include you too. So business owners are confused, but if you pay yourself through your business with certain qualifications, you can get money out of the PPP program too. And it can also help those who are self-employed. So those who are 1099 contractors, those who file a Schedule C to report their business income on their personal tax forms. So that's very important because we've gotten a lot of questions from those individuals. Yeah, so, here's, so here's how it works. You apply for a loan amount based solely on payroll and related payroll expenses like group benefits. You you get overall you get two and a half times your average monthly payroll and there's a couple different ways to look at it either the last 12 months or 2019 there's a seasonal calculation for seasonal businesses and for the self-employed the SBA has recently come out with the guidance that you base it on your net income from your 2019 tax return. So whatever the line 31 on your 2019 schedule C showed, that's what you use to calculate your two and a half times monthly revenue, your loan amount. Okay. So what, so if you think about it conceptually, step back, and I know it sounds confusing, but step back, what they're trying to do is help you pay your payroll for eight weeks. So they're building in a little bit extra there. So eight weeks, roughly, you know, two months. So you get two months of payroll and then there's that little half percent. And that can be used for certain expenses such as rent, mortgage utilities, um, I'm sorry, mortgage interest and utilities. And if you then, after you get this loan, the bank deposits the money in your, in your account. If you use the funds for those purposes, primarily payroll, but also a little bit of rent, mortgage interest, and utilities, then you can apply to your lender to have it forgiven. And in the meantime, there's no payments for six months. So the idea is you're going to get this loan. You're going to apply for forgiveness. You're going to keep paying people, even if they're not working. So there's a lot of confusion about that for uh -huh. businesses who have sent people home. And then you say, you show, here's how I spent the money. If you spend it in the right way, then you can have it wiped out. So basically, it you never really have to pay a re loan, rebal loan repayment. Now, if there are amounts that don't qualify for forgiveness, Let's say you didn't maintain payroll for any number of reasons. Maybe some employees couldn't come back to work and you couldn't replace them. Then any remaining balance becomes a loan for two years at 1% interest. But the ideal cool. of the program, the main purpose of the program is to keep people on payroll. So that gets, I think that gets confusing and frustrating for business owners because they have other expenses they need to pay, right? They might have right. vendors they need to pay, inventory rent, um, independent contractors. So for many businesses, um, applying for PPP and idle can make sense because you might be using those funds for different purposes. As long as you don't double dip and use 
idle funds oh, for cool. payroll and and the same you know uh, amount for your your PPP, then you can apply for both programs if you qualify, and those funds may be complementary and together get you through the you know current disaster. Does that make sense? It does. It makes so much sense. Now, PPP is done though for now. Like how are people applying for that? Through so, their lender? Yes. Great question. So PPP go through, goes through lenders. It includes banks and non-bank lenders. And that program also halted for new applications last week because the funds were accounted for. You may have heard on the news the statistic that in 14 days, they made 14 years worth of SBA loans <laughs> through PPP. So it was just truly a mad rush. Um, but many lenders are now ready and they're actually processing applications so they can get ready. So when Congress Big fingers crossed. I mean, I've got my fingers, toes crossed, but it's looking pretty positive at this point, as of Monday, April 20th, that they will this week allocate more funds to the program. Then they can submit those applications because every single application has to go through the SBA because remember, there's a certain amount of funds appropriated for this program. So they have to know you know, how many funds have been, how many loans have been approved, right. and then of course, how many get funded. And then we have stories like Shake Shack returning their yeah. $10 million, which is great because yeah. that will be available to small businesses. So the, everything has to get funneled through the SBA. And so um, they're, they, these lenders are getting ready to do that. Now, what I've been telling small business owners about where to get your PPP loan is first of all, certainly check with your own bank where you have your business relationship. If they can help you, that may be the easiest route for you um, simply because they already know you're a business customer. You've, you've given them certain information to open up a business checking account or get a business loan from them. And so they verified you as a business customer. But we do know that there are a number of uh, small business owners who have not successfully gotten money through their own lender. It could be that the lender's making loan amounts above a certain dollar amount or only customers who have you know, specific relationships with them, et cetera. And so companies like the one I work for, NAV, are helping to funnel uh, customers to PPP lenders who may be able to help hmm. that. And that includes both banks as well as non-banks that have gotten either approved or are working as agents to help process these loans. So the important thing to remember is that, well, two things. One is if you don't fill out an application, you definitely won't get the money, right? Yeah. So there's, there's no guarantee that, that in this next round of funding, they won't go through it very quickly and some business owners won't get, uh, get funding. We, you know, we hope that this round is big enough. And uh, I know that the reason they had to reopen is because Congress you know, hurt from constituents who were saying we didn't get you know, what yeah. we needed. But you won't get, so, so I would definitely say pursue the process for sure, because you want to, um, I don't want to say be in line because it's not like it's a one big line where you know where you are in the line, right? Everybody's, it's sort of like when I went to Disney this year and we got there at five in the morning, I think it was five <laughs> in the morning, because we wanted to go on the, um, what's it called? The Star Wars ride. And so you have to get in the park. And then when you get in the park, you open the app and you try to get the fast pass for it. 
and it was random. We're, you know, we got number 46 and someone next to us got number two. And, you know, then, you know, it's, it's, it's that times, you know, times, whatever times yeah. in this process, but, but we had to be in the park. The point was we had to be in the park in order to at least try to get the fast pass. So that's important. And then um, the second thing I was going to say about this, which is, oh, shoot, it's also important. Well, I don't know. I don't remember. But I will say that uh, if you are, if you aren't, if you haven't familiarized yourself with these loans, do so. Uh, I just published an article this week on how to apply if you're self-employed. And it's different than the guidance that we saw before the SBA released this guidance. So staying up to date with the latest information on the program seems a little overwhelming. But there are a lot of common questions. So those 138 questions I just told you I answered, you know, many of them were very similar, which was, you know, how do I use the money so it can be forgiven? And how do I apply if I'm self-employed? So we've done our best to try to address that. But the other thing is, I know what it is. You need to get your bookkeeping up to date because this you don't have to have filed your 2019 tax returns, but the information you will glean from those tax returns is what you will use to apply for idle or for PPP. So being up to date with your bookkeeping is really essential. So we have a couple of days till these, you know, hopefully open again, fingers crossed again. So if you aren't up to date with at least your 2019 bookkeeping, I would recommend you do so. And I would also recommend you at least get a P&L together for 2020, as that could be helpful for your um, EIDL application if you go in that direction. Wow. Okay. This is unbelievably valuable. Because I was going to ask you about the self-employed because that I, I'm a member of NABO and we sit on these conference calls with people trying to figure it out. And boy, I mean, that really helped tremendously. Yeah. And Diane, I, I must say, you know, we still need more guidance on a number of issues, but the, the, the frustration with the self-employed was we knew they could qualify for PPP. But they and they and they announced that they would open the application for the self-employed on April 10th, but no guidance came out. That was Good Friday. No guidance came out till the following week. And so all these people who wanted to apply because they the application was supposedly open for them didn't know how to calculate their their payroll. And so that was really unfortunate, but now we do have the guidance. So if you hesitated, if you started to fill out and you even if you filled it out and you're not sure if you understood how it worked, um, I'd be happy to share that link, Diane. Look Great. at that article. Look at the guidance from the SBA. I know it's not fun, but you can read these, you know, you can read these <laughs> FAQs from the SBA. And there might be a question in there that it helps you, you know, helps you answer so you can feel a little bit more confident about the process. Yeah, yeah, boy. There, there's, there's, I have to say, I think there's like nothing worse than all of a sudden having your business shut down and then having information coming at you like a sort of like a fire hose mm. that, that's, it's like muddy water. Mm-hmm. And so, and everyone is scrambling because they're trying to figure out how they're going to stay afloat or how they're going to weather the storm or whatever it is. And it, it it's, 
I was just why I'm so grateful that, that you and I are spending this time talking about this because I have to tell you, I mean, this is like the clearest I have heard any of this in oh, I'm so glad. weeks. Yeah, me too. I'm so glad. Well, you know, for me, it just, it feels good to be able to do something, right? I can't, yeah. uh, I'm not a first responder. I can't, you know, I, I can't work on any of those things, but um, if I can help a few small business owners navigate this and figure out, you know, what the next step is, I'm going to do my best to do that. I, I so appreciate it. Now, I have sort of a, a weird, what might potentially be a weird question, but when I was on one of those calls, I heard a woman say she had applied for the PPP, and um, while she's waiting, she's taken out a loan to cover her payroll so that her, so she doesn't lose her employees. So is she going to be able to use the PPP to pay back the loan that she had to take out? So uh, it, it, it's a tricky situation. So I can't give the legal or tax advice on this. And I would guess that most accountants and lawyers wouldn't want to give it on either. The, for, <laughs> the, forgiveness, the forgiveness basically works like this. You need to, the minute that money hits your bank account, it starts an eight week clock ticking. And you need to document how you use the funds. And it's 75% needs to be for payroll related expenses, including the salaries you pay, pay employees can include yourself, um, uh, certain payments. Um, I have seen an SBA email that said that you could not use it for, um, if you're like an S corp and you pay yourself a salary plus distributions, you couldn't use it for the distributions portion. So there are some limitations, but um, you, you, and then you have to, then you have to show the lender, provide documentation that that's how you spent it. So I'm not, and it's not designed to pay debt to qualify for forgiveness, even though the money she used was for yeah. payroll, I would say that's a tricky situation. So yeah. that is one where I would get some advice, okay. try to get some advice from an attorney or an accountant, because she's going to have to demonstrate how she used those funds during the eight weeks after she got the loan. And if she's already paid that payroll yeah, and she's not right. paying it in those eight weeks, then that could prove Ugh. to be problematic. So maybe she uses it in those eight weeks after she gets a loan. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. Right, I, that's right, a very, right. very tricky, very, yeah. very tricky situation. Yep. I know I was listening to it. And yeah. I was thinking, okay, I'm not sure the government quite gets it that these people are, on a daily basis, trying to figure out what they're going to do. And they're incurring more costs. A lot of them are incurring costs that they are not receiving revenue for. That, that you know, it, so I feel like when we come up, start coming out of this, I wonder if, if, like, how long it's going to take for a lot of companies to um, like get out of the hole. I feel like a lot of them are going to be sort of chasing themselves, trying to make up for what they had to spend while they weren't getting any revenue. And then when they start getting revenue, there's costs associated with that. Yeah. And, and that's a valid point, especially with something like Idol, where it's pretty much a loan. I mean, there's an, a small advance associated with it, but it's pretty much a loan. I should add that with Idol, if you just wanted the grant, you get the grant and then they offer you a loan for you know $9,000, you can say no. You can... You don't have to take the loan. So oh. that's something to know. It's something worth noting. Um, but, you know, I, it, is, it, is, it is a real 
question. Um, the beauty of PPP is, you know, keeping those workers paid. So if when it's done right, it can be basically a, a grant from the government because the loan is forgiven right. and the government picks up the tab for it. But I can tell you from those questions that I'm seeing in the blog, there are so many individual circumstances. And I'll give you two popular questions that I'm getting. One is people who already laid people off. And those employees would rather collect unemployment because with the um, enhanced unemployment, there's a name for it, I'm not remembering, but the $600 weekly. Yeah they uh, feel they'd be better off that way. And so they would rather stay on, a, on a, unemployment now, provided you can get it from your state. I know in many states, it's like <laughs> pulling teeth, right? To get it if you're self-employed. But that, so, so those business owners have said, what do I do? You know, my employees would rather collect unemployment and they're not working. So it's very confusing to an employer yeah. to, to think, I'm going to pay someone not to work. Because if, if, it's not a tel- if it's not a job where you can telework, Right, you're paying them on the payroll, but they're not working. So that's confusing. But from the employee standpoint, remember too, this PPP money can help uh, cover cover certain group benefits. So keep you on the medical insurance, retirement contributions, things like that, that are also very important during this eight week period that, you know, if you just simply got laid off and had to go to unemployment, you might be scrambling, you know, to get health insurance and other benefits. So that's, that's one thing to keep in mind. The other scenario that I've seen that is, I, I, Diane, I've, I've wrestled with this in my mind and I just have not come up with the answer yet (laughs) is you have a business who is highly dependent on contractors. So let's say you have a tutoring business and all your tutors are, you know, independent contractors. Mm -hmm. The SBA has said they independent contractors must apply on their own. You do not include them in your PPP funding. So you cannot get PPP funding to continue to pay your contractors. They can get PPP funding on their own, but then do they collect the money from the government and then work for you without you paying them? Oy, uh, that's, it's a very valid question yeah. that I, I simply haven't found an answer to. So these business owners who are reliant on independent contractors are really concerned because they can't get PPP funding to pay their contractors. But if they don't pay contractors, they don't, their business right. can't continue. Right. So I don't have wow. a good answer to that one yet. I wish I could. I wish I could pick the brain of someone who wrote that legislation or that guidance and see where they're thinking. As <laughs> I'd like to know. You know, I, 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 it's so interesting. I'm listening to you, and I'm thinking. I think, God bless them. I, I'm not a big fan of most of the our leaders, so to speak, but you know, they're doing the best they can. And this is a crazy situation. And there are so many variables of how small businesses are created and run. And that, that, you know, part of what's happening is we are realizing how diverse the small business uh, landscape really is. And, and what is really good, you know, so it's sort of hard to just like put your, I, I think what, what they like to do is be able to say, okay, here's a pot of money and here's a thing. Go spend it. You can't really do that here. Yeah. Amen. And and your comment about diversity, I think that just really, really hits home when I read the comments and realize how many different, you know, one business has three employees and two contractors, or there's just so many different variations on uh, small business and their their financial needs during this time. I think once we once we come out of it, you know, I've been talking for 
the past five years that I've been with Nav about, you know, how you need to line up financing before you need it. And I always, <laughs> on my slide, it always says opportunity or crisis. And this is certainly qualifies as a crisis. I've talked about the need for having a business bank account and about 20% of small businesses, depending on the industry, it can be higher, don't have one. So they certainly felt it when they went to their bank and the bank said, we're only going to take applications from those who have an existing relationship with us, right? right. So there's all these things that we've been talking about for years mm -hmm. to small business owners, you know, make sure your bookkeeping's up to date, make sure you're organized on your finances, um, you know, pay yourself a salary. Don't just take money out of the business as you need it, but really pay yourself a salary. All those things that make a material difference in a situation like this. So not to beat anyone up because every business owner is, you know, trying to do the best they can. But I do think this sort of um, shines a really bright spotlight on some of the ways that some small businesses are operating that are ending up, unfortunately, coming back to bite them during this crisis when they most need the funding. Exactly. Right. Right. So we'll have the opportunity to learn from it. But in the meantime, we want those businesses to be around to be able to learn from it yes. on the other side of this. And that's part of the problem, too, is no one knows when the other side of this is actually going to happen. Yes, yes. And the, and the one thing I keep e e emphasizing everyone should do if they're having trouble with either questions about this program or getting the funding or whatever is contact your, you know, legislators in Washington, D.C., because ultimately, you know, they're the ones who are going to get behind small business to get that funding increased. And it's so interesting, Diane, I saw an article over the weekend that it was talking about Katie Porter's office and how, uh, and, and many congressional offices, how they've had to ramp up their staff to take calls. <laughs> and a big portion is from small business owners. Yeah. So, you know, when you call, be kind. The staffer is feeling stressed and overwhelmed as well. But let them understand, you know, let them know what these questions are that you're not finding any answers to. Let them know that, you know, you're, if your accountant or attorney is saying, well, I can't answer that because we don't have guidance on it. Let them know that because we need guidance to come out so that business owners can operate with more certainty in this very uncertain time as they navigate these programs. Exactly. And, and remember that they know what was it? I I, I um, had a friend who was the executive director of a really big small business uh, chamber. There were like 16,000 members. And he would say, the interesting thing about small business owners is that when you've met one, you've met one. Like, you, know, you, know, <laughs> you can't say you've met all of them because there's just no way, right? Yeah. So, and, the, and in all fairness, if a legislator has, has not owned a business or does not currently own a business, they don't know. Mm -hmm. This is new for them as well. So everybody is in a learning curve That's with right. this thing. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. So, um, okay. I, I, we're going to leave it with those two things because I think they are so huge. So we don't know technically what is going to happen but with this next thing that's going to come out but i really like what you said about go ahead and get with your your lender now to get the process started so that when the the funds become available at least you're in the process at least you're you know you're closer to completing your application 
That's right. Yes. Yeah. And we do, by the way, have a ton of articles that go into detail on this on the NAV blog. And an easy way to start is with our uh, calculator. Now that is not designed right now for the self-employed, so, um, but it'll, it'll take you to a page where you can get more information. And uh, that is at nav.com slash SBA loans. So just SBA loans. Uh, okay. And that will, for anyone who has employees or a you know, business structure other than a 1099 or other than a Schedule C filer, that will help you understand how much you may qualify for. And then there's a bunch of FAQs at the bottom, and then you can go to our articles, and I will update them as soon as I get new information. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and thank goodness. I mean, thank goodness you are doing this and, and figuring all of this out for people because I think that helps all of us to at least breathe because we know there are people out there who are uh, weeding through all of this with, with, a with a better understanding of it than we have so we don't have to necessarily uh, get an education in the middle of all of the insanity. Yeah, we're trying. Well, keep it up. It's really great. <laughs> and, and I would also recommend to people to go to the NSBA website, um, nsba.org, and because uh, I get notifications, I'm a member of NSBA and I get notifications all the time with like pre-written emails to send to my Congress people and my senators saying, okay, you got to do this because they're, they're a nonpartisan, uh, the, mm -hmm. like the oldest nonpartisan lobbying group for small business. And so. that makes it a lot easier for the small business owner who is time crunched, right? Yeah. Having to write the whole message themselves. They yeah. can see what the issues are. So I, 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 I think that more than ever, you know, the kinds of things you're doing with small business owners, the kinds of things that groups like NSBA is doing is so, it's so important to feel like you're part of, part of someone who has your back, right? Yeah, because, right. Because this, business ownership is lonely to begin with, but right now it's, you know, it can be downright just isolating and scary, right? So yeah. having, knowing someone has your back and is trying to help the best they can is, can be, can hopefully provide a little measure of comfort and some important information. Well, this is also the great thing about NAV too. So if you would um, share a little bit more about what NAV is all about and how people can, um, I have the link that you gave about nav.com slash SBA loans, but how they can find you and other resources. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been with NAV for five years. I'm education director. So I do a lot of content and podcasts and things like that. Uh, <laughs> I, um, I come from a credit background of many decades and NAV is the easiest way to describe us, at least pre-COVID, is um, we're like credit karma for small business. So business owners would come to us to see their business credit for free. We're the only site where you can see your business credit from DNB, Experian, and Equifax uh, for free. And then you can also see your personal credit. And then we use that information to help match, uh, match uh, small business owners to lending products. We don't sell information. We just use it with the technology within the platform to show you, you know, what you may qualify for. And we very quickly um, had to adapt to help our customers and other small business owners with the COVID relief loan. So the calculator that I mentioned, the CARES Act came out on Friday, and by Monday morning, uh, our team worked all weekend to launch that and have that available. And over 95,000 small business owners have used that calculator wow. to understand how much they qualify for. So we're truly trying to bring technology to the process. So when it comes to these loans, we're partnering like we always do with you know, lenders and in this case, what they're called agents. They're ones who can help 
help facilitate these loans. Um, and we're partnering with them to help direct the small business owner to uh, places where they can get a PPP loan. And I do remember now real quickly what I forgot yeah. to tell you. And that was that no matter where you go for a PPP loan, the cost is the same. So it's always going to be 1% for two years on any remaining balance and no fees. The fees are waived and they cannot charge you fees. So we're not going to charge fees to help help people find a PPP lender. Um, you, We've had, unfortunately, we've heard from people who have uh, paid a, as much as $2,000 to a scammer wow. who said they would get them to the front of the line. And um, unfortunately, yeah. that was just... Yeah, pure money lost. So don't do that. You know, don't, don't, don't do that. You may have to pay your accountant to help you get your bookkeeping up to date, right? So you can, <laughs> so you can apply, but um, you shouldn't pay a fee to apply for a PPP loan. And so just be careful that you're, you know, dealing wow. with someone reputable. Boy, no kidding. Huge, huge, huge. Oh, Jerry, I so appreciate this, that this has really just been tremendous thank you you're so welcome wow so and and guys you know this will be um something you're going to want to share with other people you'll want to refer back to it uh and and as we go through um all of these changes make sure that you are connected to the nav.com site so that you can be getting updates as they get them they're putting out blog posts they're sharing information as they get it you can tell by listening to this episode that Jerry's really good at explaining stuff so that the layman like us can understand it. So um, make sure you, you've got that connection going. And please uh, continue uh, to prosper and be curious. And I'm going to add, continue to breathe deep and slow. We will get through this. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. For the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them, we are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com slash safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Pip 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 Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult? struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast.